it looks like I, I am this, I guess, elite athlete. But when it comes down to it, the reason I run is for my mental health. Your passion always should come first, and that's definitely something that I've learned in the last like ten years. Is what actually makes me tick and what makes me happy, and chase that rather than just doing things because society tells you to do it. It's funny, like I will run like thirty k's, but if I have to walk like eight hundred meters down the road, I'm like, no, nah, it's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. You've probably noticed that this year has involved a big conversion from non-runner to running lover. And I've had a lot of questions from fellow curious but reluctant runners about getting started and building up to finding the joy in running. So I figured I'd turn to one of the experts to help out, who also has a super interesting way to yay and is our first Kiwi on the show. I met the lovely Lydia O'Donnell through the Nike family just after she had won the Surf Coast Marathon. As well as being an elite marathon, Marathon runner. She's also a running coach and qualified geologist, of all things. As you'll hear, one of the things I love about her is that while her elite level might seem very serious and intimidating, and she might have treated it that way at times in her life, she ultimately came back to running purely for joy and for her mental health. And she's even founded her own running community, One Step Is All It Takes, to raise awareness of the benefits of running and movement for anxiety and depression. We had such a fun chat in the Joyride Lab at Nike. HQ in Melbourne shortly after the half marathon that we did at Run Melbourne. And she also shared some of her practical coaching wisdom to help us all get out and pound that pavement, which some of you may have actually done this weekend at the Melbourne Marathon event today, which I'm so sad I wasn't able to be home for. But I have continued my running journey even over here in Necker Island, which is absolutely amazing because I still am totally converted to running. And I hope this episode inspires you to get partway there yourself. Lovely Lydia. Welcome. Or I should, you're welcome. Welcoming me. <laughs> Welcome to Nike. I know. Thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. We're sitting in the athletes' lounge, yes, and it's all joyrided out, so it's nice and bright. I know it's like bright yellow, very on brand. I'm feeling very yay right now. <laughs> <laughs> So the first segment is called Way TA, which is how you got to where you are today, like from the very beginning, the whole journey. But the first question I like to start with is what the most down-to-earth thing is about you, because I feel like from the outside, you know, we all have these online personas that can seem really, you know, glossy and shiny on the outside. So what's something really down-to-earth about you? <laughs> I think, I, I don't know if this is down-to-earth or not, but I think what people probably don't realise is the reason behind why I run. And I think oh. it's probably true for a lot of like elite athletes from the outside. Outside, it looks like I take my running very seriously and yeah. that I run for the medals and to get PBs and to qualify for races. And it looks like I, I am this, I guess, elite athlete. But when it comes down to it, the reason I run is for my mental health. And I think that's a big part of why everybody runs. Mm. 
a lot of people don't understand that's probably why they do it but for me I'm a huge advocate for mental health running and I think when it comes down to it I know that running makes me feel good Mm -hmm. I know how important it is for our own mental health doesn't matter how fast or how far you're going just the act of moving is so important so I think from the outside it might look like I'm a very serious runner (laughs) but (laughs) if you break it down it's very simple I love that yeah I, I, I run because it makes me happy and I think the way that I set goals and go to races and run for PBs I think that's kind of just like an added bonus to make me feel good about myself and to be, like be able to keep achieving these goals and keep moving forwards but yeah ultimately I just run for happiness and to, I love that yeah so, <laughs> so I think that's something for other people to understand too you don't have to be the you know a very serious elite runner to take it seriously like you can go out and just have fun and run for so more much. than a what you look like and be you know for the goals and the medals and the times yeah that's yeah. so cool I've literally I mean everyone who's been following will know that I've gone from the complete opposite of like the I could running for happiness is was like not a phrase that happened in my brain but I've come to like realize that separate to times or distances or whatever when you let your body have a chance to acclimatize to just running like the movement of running there's such an emotional release Mm -hmm. that you never expect it's like a liberation that you can't get from many other things it's just so free no it's very like meditational once I think I always say to people especially beginners and we'll probably talk more about this but like the first few weeks or months might be really hard but Mm. once you really get that connection to running Mm. it's something that you can't live without and I know it complements so many other areas of your life as well so personally I think everybody should run I know I'm addicted now I'm like converted and I'm like everyone should run everybody's a runner it's amazing it's true (laughs) yeah definitely want to come back more to that particularly for the you know fellow hesitant or reluctant runners whatever your advice might be for them but let's start with the very beginning so before you even identified as a runner before you identified as anything you know young Lydia at school so you're a Kiwi you went to Tauranga girls school Mm -hmm. what were you like when you were young and what did you think that you wanted to be because I think that's something that it's so overwhelming in this day and age to know where you want to end up and looking back in hindsight it often makes sense but when you when you're starting out you know it's like what am I going to be what did you think you wanted to be it's crazy I think growing up through my young years especially while I was at like primary school I danced a lot and so I did yeah (laughs) which if you saw my flexibility now you would have no idea that I was a dancer (laughs) but I did ballet for 10 years so I started yeah really I loved it it's probably I don't have many regrets in life but that's one regret I have is quitting ballet because I it's such a passion of mine and I still love it and oh I still watch gosh. it but I definitely can't do it to the degree I was <laughs> I have no turnout now I'm like yeah. first position what oh, my so hips bad. don't do that my not into it. but so I danced all through my young years and going into high school and I I had these big dreams of growing up and being a ballerina so I wanted to go and dance for the Royal Academy and that was kind of my life goal mm-hmm. but I did play other sports along the way But I think through high school, I was very determined. I definitely had that kind of, that was ingrained in me since a very young, young age. Um, But I didn't have these big dreams of, I guess, growing up and being an elite runner. I think I wanted to run for sure, but Mm. I I saw how hard it was to get to the point where running was your career. So I never thought that I had the ability or the potential to get there. I was never national champ or an amazing, amazing athlete when I was young. I definitely ran. And I had an amazing group of girls who I ran with at school, which to me is kind of what made me fall in love with the sport. My coach when I was at high school was very big on, 
you know, put your passion for running first and everything else will come. Yeah. So I think the fact that I grew the love for the sport at such a young age, I'm very fortunate for to have that. And we had a huge group of girls. There was probably about 15 of us together at our high school who all ran. We went on trips. We went to world champs together. Like these amazing experiences oh, that wow. definitely helped me develop my love for the sport and saw the sport in a different light other than just running to get medals and, yeah. and be up in championships. So yeah, I loved I loved it. I didn't probably think that I was going to make it a career because I didn't think it was possible. So I was more determined to like, I wanted to be rich. <laughs> like when I was kid, I think we all just wanted yeah. to make money. It's gonna make me some dollars. So I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor or a lawyer, yeah. or I'm gonna like, I don't know. I just had these big ambitions to leave high school and go to university and get my degree really young because I was quite young for my year at high school. Mm-hmm. So I was a year younger than everyone else, and I was like, I could be a lawyer by the time I'm 21. Or like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was my dream. <laughs> but it was all based on making money and being rich. And yeah. now I like look back and I'm like. Who was that person? That is not me now. (laughs) So I actually left, when I left high school, I got a scholarship to go to a university in America, which a lot of young Kiwi athletes get given this opportunity, which is incredible. To think back, I was 17 years old and I was moving to the other side of the world to take part in this amazing, I guess, experience, but to get an education and also develop my running over there. So... I went to a place um, in Texas where I got sick and um, our coach was very extreme to when I came from high school from this like amazing lovely lady who was coaching me to <laughs> like love a community running. feel and like, very <laughs> yeah. to this warm. like <laughs> hardcore university because their jobs are based on how well the teams do of so course. you kind of understand why they take it so seriously so I was meant to be there for four years to get my degree and I ended up leaving after six weeks really yeah wow. <laughs> so that was a crazy experience I actually went back to New Zealand and I was 18 I was 17 18 at this time and decided to quit running so from that experience it really just made me see the sport in a different light and made me think you know maybe this isn't for me Mm. and I want to be a teenager and party and you know spend three or four (laughs) nights in training the clubs 24 no so (laughs) I spent probably about a year away from the sport and I think it's definitely not something that I regret. It, it gave me a really good time to learn and to develop as a teenager and as a person. And mm. it was, yeah, I guess it made me realize after a year of being away from running, how good running made me feel yes. and the people or the connections I'd made through the sport. I missed that. And yeah. so during that year off, I was in a pretty dark place. I think yeah, as you, can, you, most people would be when that drinking a lot and you know they don't have a purpose or a drive in their life so um, and you've just had to walk away from what you thought would be you know mm. this incredible transformative experience and yeah I had to come home from I mean that would be that would mess anyone's head up for a little while you'd just be like what am I doing yeah like, but like at the time at that age you're not really aware of yourself yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, oh, so totally. you're kind of just like ticking along and you're like you know what I just want to like relax and drink and just I don't know go off the rails a bit yeah yeah. so I had really no idea what was going on in my head but I knew that there was a pull towards the sport of running and so after a year I got back in touch with my high school coach and she took me through some sessions and I vividly remember her laughing at me about how unfit I was (laughs) and it was horrendous coming back from having no fitness but 
I really am glad I did that because now when I'm working with beginner runners, I, I understand what they're going through and I know how hard it can be. I was just about to say, <laughs> that means that you have gone back to that like level zero. Totally. And can speak to that yeah. to people who are like, ow, like, ow, 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 yeah, ow, I hate this. Exactly. <laughs> I hate it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like I've just been fit my whole life. Yeah. I have had periods where I haven't been fit and I've had to kind of put the work in to get back to the, where I wanted to be. So... That was a really transformative moment in my life, I think, in that period where I was growing and developing and figuring out what made me tick. Mm -hmm. And now I look back and I'm like super proud of myself for getting pulled in the right direction because it definitely could have gone the other way. Yeah. And so I think um, I'm really proud that I knew what I wanted. I went after it. And within, I think it was 18 months of being back training, I'd won a national title. And I think I was very in the sport then where I was like, yes, like I'm this is what track. I want to do. Yeah. That's so cool. So what is your discipline? Like, were you long distance then or were you like track and field? Um, I I was more like middle distance, I would say. I was running like 1500s, okay. 3Ks. Yeah. I did a few 5Ks as a junior. So I won the 5,000 meter champs as a junior, I think it was my last year, which is when you're about 19. Okay. So that's when I guess I started yeah, taking it a lot more seriously. And that's when I got picked up by Nike and yeah, things oh my gosh, yeah, so flourished. Cool. <laughs> so in between, you also were at the University of Auckland doing a Bachelor of Science in Geological and Earth <laughs> Sciences of all things, yeah. which is another spectacular display of how your way TA is never linear it's never it's got lots of twists and turns how did that fit into that timeline Mm. and figuring out you know that running was on the side as a hobby but then also maybe it was going to be a career like how did that fit in well I went to university and my first semester I actually was doing pre-medicine so I still had this dream of becoming a doctor and becoming rich (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't hedge your bets. So this was after Texas. This was after Texas. Yeah. Yep. So after about maybe two years after coming back from America, I decided to go to Auckland University and sign up to pre-med. And I remember going into university having no idea about study, no idea like how to work hard or anything. And I was in these biology and chemistry classes, which I was in pre-med everyone is very competitive so people don't want to help so you're in there and you're it's, it's actually really quite a scary place to be and no one wants to help you so I kind of struggled through my first semester and I remember getting my results back after my first semester and I failed everything oh, oh my god yeah you <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't work yeah, I didn't yeah. know how to study yeah. and I just didn't put in the work that required to be doing a pre-med degree yeah you were like this is not gonna work so when I when I had failed everything my parents sat me down and they were very much like maybe university's not for you you know like maybe you should get a job and not study which is huge because my mum's a teacher and huge (gasps) on education wow and I this is a moment and I think this has happened many times in my life I'm like wow when someone says I can't do something I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna come back even harder I bet you she knew that (laughs) yeah probably probably reverse psychology you (laughs) probably so I was like you know what I'm gonna change my degree and I'm gonna do something that I'm passionate about which is like the environment Mm -hmm. and being outside and working with like-minded people and so I changed to earth sciences with my mind of being in biology and loved it like I loved loved the degree. I loved learning about the world and the earth and how it formed. And yet people get so surprised when I tell them I'm a geologist. It's the coolest (laughs) thing ever. And that is so cool because firstly, not many people even know that geologists actually (laughs) 
exist, like, yeah, you know, that yeah. actually have jobs, that you can actually become one now, but also that you can also be an elite runner and a geologist <laughs> at the same time. Like, that's so cool. Wow, I don't work <laughs> in geology now, but it's definitely, you definitely could, like, could have, like, if I wanted to run and be a geologist, there's a lot of time where you are spent outside and in the field and you can go to incredible places. And so I actually started my master's after I did my bachelor's in volcanology. Oh so, my God, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm an absolute nerd. And so studying like volcanoes, which is, I find so interesting. I love that. Mm. I so love whenever there's knowledge. like an earthquake, I get messages from all my friends being like, <laughs> are we going to die? Yeah, tell us <laughs> all like, about yes, the volcano. Get <laughs> <laughs> but I love that because I think it's another example of if you try and put yourself like, you know, square pig in a round hole kind of thing. It, you can't enjoy that. You don't flourish when you're really, when, like pre-med, it's like you just thought that you should do that. You didn't yeah. necessarily light up yeah. for med. So that's totally. why it didn't work. But as soon as you were like, I don't know what geology is going to do for me, but I love it. Yes. It doesn't matter what happens no. because you're enjoying it so much. Your passion always should come first. And that's definitely something that I've learned in the last like 10 years is what actually makes me tick and what makes me happy and chase that rather than just doing things because society tells you to do it yeah you know? so and it falls into place even if you never became a geologist that still led you to where you are totally. now and it, nothing is a waste of time no. if you're doing it because you love it yeah and like a degree teaches you a lot more than actually what the degree is you yeah know? so sure. it definitely taught me to how I needed to work, work harder <laughs> and um yeah like I really really enjoyed university and I think throughout my university, I guess, time I was also running, which was like another part that just kind of kept me focused and kept me busy rather than being one of the students who spent every night out in you, town. You'd had your year of fun. out of my system. <laughs> yeah. So you've pretty much been at Nike now since you graduated or even yeah. before that. Like when did they pick you up as an athlete? And then how has the journey evolved? Like I literally was having a look. It's so cool. You started as a retail assistant in 2012, then a running coordinator. You would brand manager of New Zealand like that's going up the ladder in the family from you know the time pretty much that you came out into the workforce so yeah tell us about it's been a, a it's journey, been a journey. Yeah. yeah so I got picked up by Nike as an athlete when I was about 19 years old and I was good like New Zealand good New Zealand is a like, descriptor <laughs> so like you just I just would have never expected a big brand like Nike to come to me and want to support me and look after me mm. and so that was an incredible feeling just to have a brand backing you like that and to be at such a young age where yeah they're investing in athletes who aren't quite at the top of the game but potentially in the future will be mm. so they picked me up along with five others from New Zealand and we were kind of in like a little squad and they supported us with product which was incredible like just to get product was amazing and a few years later it might have been two years after I, I was on board with Nike as an athlete they put this proposition in front of me where it was like a promotional role going out talking to runners about the product and just getting shoes on feet really mm. and it was it it was my part-time job while I was studying and it was the dream job for any student like I, I don't know if you could pick a better job for an athlete especially I know I was, I was like, gonna say especially <laughs> if you're a runner yeah <laughs> I loved it so I got to get amongst the community meet other runners this is probably when my eyes opened up to you know the world of running more than just your you know your one line elite athlete journey like mm. I really got to talk to all different types of runners you know your beginner runners to your like people who maybe run every day but don't compete and I think that really opened my eyes up to the community and what running is and 
I love how democratic it is. It can be something different for everyone. You can be totally fast enough to be pro but not compete. You can be slower and love competing. Like there's just yep. so many different ways you can And do I it. just love the way that it brings together people from all walks of life. So, mm-hmm. you know, you turn up to running events and there are people with all different economic like statuses. They've all come from different backgrounds, all different culture you know, cultures and you come together and you're all there to run for one reason and yeah. it's so amazing how you connect connect with these people you wouldn't connect with them you know Otherwise. any other way yeah. So yeah I love that about running and I think that working in that space and being out in the community has really like taught me and showed me that so I was doing that through high school and then once I kind of got in with the brand and saw what Nike did and what they stood for and you know everyone that worked in the brand how cool it was I was like I I want to be here and I want to be one of these people because this is something I'm so passionate about and I want to be having fun you know and like everyone here is having fun so. so much fun it's one of those companies that from the outside you it looks like everyone's having such a good time but then you're like they couldn't possibly all be actually having that much of a good time and then you get on the inside and you're like everyone's actually having a really good time yeah, like. it's amazing and like they even when I was just doing the promo work they were still sending me on trips to Australia and I got these crazy opportunities that any 22 year old wouldn't usually get you know it's so cool so I think from there this was when I was studying my, I think I'd finished my degree and I was going into my master's and I was like, I want to chase this dream Mm -hmm. of working for the brand. And so New Zealand is a pretty small place and the New Zealand Nike office was pretty small and there weren't that many jobs. So I decided to create a role for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I found work for myself. I'm just going to make a department (laughs) and then I'm going to recruit myself into it. (laughs) Pretty much. I was like, you know, there's all these opportunities out there that we should be chasing and Nike isn't there, so let's do it. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, we we should, but, like, who's going to do it? I'm like, well, I'll do it. (laughs) I've got someone in mind, um, a great candidate. Exactly. (laughs) So I slowly started making myself busy and more and more work and... I think through that time I was also working in the Nike retail store, which again was a huge learning curve and big opportunity for me to be out there and on the store and actually learn the products and working with consumers. And I really enjoyed that. Like I love talking to people. (laughs) Especially about what you love. (laughs) Yeah. So um, eventually I made myself more and more busy with work. And then I went full time into the running coordinator role, which was like managing the Nike run clubs we were doing, Mm -hmm. the promotional work we're doing it on the streets, and then kind of just helping out our brand manager at the time on anything else that we needed to do. And Nike Training Club was really big as well at the time. Mm. So we had a huge community and we worked with Kirsty Godso. Who's I love Kirsty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a legend. So we had her um, involved. And we were rolling out sessions with... We were getting 120 girls along to our sessions That's in Auckland. So cool. Yeah, which was amazing. And again being in it and being face to face with consumers it really just lighted me up and I think that's ultimately the whole reason why I love the brand so much is because it does get people involved and inspires people to want to be better you know it makes it fun it makes it something you want to be around rather than like this intimidating scary thing that's Mm -hmm. painful yeah it was amazing it was a really transformative period I think during that time I think like 2012 to maybe 14 or 15 when girls were getting a lot more involved Mm. in exercise and training and they wanted to come together and it's a social thing but you're also making yourself better you know yeah so that was really cool to do that and that was probably like one of my main focuses while I was in that role so I was running and then NTC and then eventually I progressed from there and the funny thing is when I first got on the brand and I was 22 I was like I want to be a brand manager like that's my my goal like I want to do that no marketing degree no marketing experience you know like I was like 
I had known people who had gone through this journey and are now in amazing places for Nike who didn't have the degree. Mm. And so that made me believe that I could do it. So when I became brand management, I was 26. I was like, well, that's so yeah, yeah. I was like super proud of myself to to be in that position. And yeah, it was amazing and stressful, as you can imagine. Like it's a very full-on role and full-on job, but it was super fun and like really rewarding. I love how, you know, one of the big things that I think is very popular these days is the idea of being an entrepreneur and like leaving your job to follow your dream of running a business. But when companies allow people to do that exact same thing as an entrepreneur, like it's, it's so exciting because I think no one remembers that you can follow your dreams. You can have the same amount of creative control. Mm -hmm. You can literally be heading up your own vision and goal within a company as well. You don't need to be just like leaving your job. There are companies (laughs) that allow you to do it inside. Totally. And the fact that you were able to kind of create your own role and (laughs) then just move in. I mean, like another Nike person that we had on is Will, who he was a biomedical engineer, like (laughs) no experience in what he ended up in doing. But it's just so cool that there are so many pathways that you can end up doing. Yeah, I think so. And Nike is definitely the brand that's going to support athletes and sports. So I think if that's ingrained in you, you're going to be successful in the brand anyway, you know, if you really understand that sport and what you're chasing. Have you been to Portland? I have. Tell us what it's like what is it like on the inside um dream dreamy like it's so amazing it's everything you can imagine is it just like a big town it's a big just nike people pretty much it's a big big (laughs) nike town and they have like maybe three or four gyms and you go into the gym and everyone's just working out in the middle of the day you're like this is so cool oh my gosh um, and yeah it's incredible you walk around and like i saw shalane flanagan there jordan Hesse, just cruising around campus who are like super inspiring athletes (laughs) for me who i just always watch from afar on social media to actually see them there training and working out you're like wow this is crazy it was very very cool that is so cool i I think like to people outside it's like this mystical unicorn land it's just like (laughs) they have these beautiful trails that go around campus that you can run on so you don't even have to like go out of the like little nike town hub to like to go running you can run on campus which is incredible yeah so you've gone on then, you stayed in a Nike elite, like your affiliation with Nike has obviously continued since we're at Nike right now, but you've also started your own business to spread the passion about mental health for running, yeah. which is called One Step Is All It Takes, which I think is amazing. <laughs> I'd love to hear more about it. You also coach people and train them. And with that beginner mindset of like, anyone can be a runner, but you also just won a freaking half marathon <laughs> as well. So there's a lot of balls in the air, which is amazing. <laughs> Tell us about the progression from the brand manager role to mm. keeping all these balls in the air and then having the new ideas. Yeah, yeah. there was, there's a lot going on at yeah. the moment, but <laughs> not as bad. I mean, when I was brand manager in New Zealand, I was also trying to train for marathons. I was trying to run a coaching business. I had a lot going on and I was always one of those people who were like, I can do this. Yeah. Like, I can do everything. Yeah, mm. I'm a strong female, you know? Mm. And I don't need rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone was like, you're going to burn out, you're going to burn out. And I didn't listen to them, but I probably should have. So I got to a point where I actually got pretty sick and I was like on the verge of chronic fatigue mm. where I just, my body just crashed and turned, yeah, needed sleep. So um, <laughs> I ended up pulling back from the, the corporate marketing role. That would have been nearly two years ago now where I needed to prioritize what I wanted to do with my life and figure out what what goals I really wanted to chase. And I think 
at the time I was like my corporate life and working for the the brand in a marketing sense can definitely come later in life Mm. whereas as an athlete and the way that my body is I don't it's not going to be this way forever so I wanted to prioritize the sport and chase the running goals first Mm. and then hopefully one day I'll be back being able to do you know the behind the scenes stuff and I think also like I love working with consumers and face to face with athletes and coaching them and so I definitely wanted to keep that going alongside being a runner and being an elite runner and trying to chase that goal so it's nice to have different things going on because I always look at elite athletes where I'm like you've got all your eggs in one basket yeah and awesome but what happens if you get injured yeah. or what happens if you end up hating the sport or what if you just miss those goals that you want to chase and so I 100% appreciate and love what they do but for me I like to have a few different things going on just mm-hmm. to have backup plans but also because different things make me happy yeah I think also you get a lot of different perspectives and different fulfillment from lots of different things totally and it makes you a better everything like each different experience that you do sometimes pulling them all together make you a whole person in one totally and and the coaching and the working with beginner athletes inspires me to be a better athlete it motivates me to want to train harder so they all complement each other which I'm very lucky that it is kind of this one round, well-rounded goal that I have and that's to like inspire people to run and whether that is, you know, being an elite runner or being a coach, whatever it does is just to get people moving. So, yeah. yeah. So I pulled back from the marketing role two years ago and now I've just been running, running. Yeah, the business. and coaching. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, okay, on that note, so you recently won the Sunshine Surf Coast Marathon. Half. <laughs> Did you do the half? Was no, it the full. Yeah, the, the full. full. Okay, yeah. full. She won a marathon. Oh, my God. <laughs> but having started with the 3,000 metres and the 5,000 metres. For anyone listening who either is brand new to running or brand new to those kind of distances, like going from 5 to 42 is like a really big yeah, chance. And I recently went from 0 to 21, and again, that was huge. Like Even going yeah. from 0 to 10 on your body as a brand newbie is quite a lot. Totally. So from a coaching perspective, how do you build yourself up to that? Like I think the, the hardest thing, once I got to 10 – Everything after that was like I had a system for adding a kilometer. But I think it's that first bit where it's like mm-hmm. my body won't do that. That that yeah. belief that you can't you're elite over there and I'm over yeah. here. How do you broach that first barrier? Yeah, I think obviously any distance you're gonna run if you've never run before is is gonna be a challenge and it's giving yourself the time and understanding that you need to be patient to get to that goal. So as a beginner runner, to set no expectations and have no pressure on yourself and just to get into the routine of running is super important. So I have people who come to me and they're not running at all and they want to run a marathon, you know, in 12 or 16 weeks. (laughs) And awesome, like good on them for setting this goal. But to me, if they went went and did that, they probably potentially will do it but a they'll probably ruin their body Mm. it's going to be tough it's Mm. not going to be fun they're going to crawl to the finish line and they're probably going to hate running and never want to run again Mm. so the the priority is to build a good and healthy relationship with running and I think to do that is to be patient and set set no expectations and just go out there to enjoy it I know it's not going to be enjoyable to start off with but you just need to take your time to get there so it's just like setting a goal and having baby steps to get there and taking it day by day rather than 
you know, here's my end goal and I want to be running a marathon in 16 weeks. Here's my training plan and it's overwhelming and scary and probably not much fun is just work day to day and just chip away at little goals. Mm. And so whether you're a beginner runner and you want to run, walk to start off with, I have all my beginner, if I've never run before, their running plans are based off run walking. So maybe run for two minutes, walk for a minute, run for two minutes, walk for a minute. Or you've got to go out for 45 minutes, at least 25 minutes of that should be running, break it up however you want. So it's a good way to just like, get used to being on your feet, get into a routine of running and your mm. fitness will slowly build up. You're not going to get super fit overnight, mm. but it's going to get there eventually. Mm. And I think just building it into your lifestyle is probably the most important thing because once you're there, you won't stop, you know, you'll keep yeah. going forever. So I actually then, found that too, like starting the zero to sort of three, four, five mm-hmm. was hard just routine wise. Like it takes time. Yeah. It takes a while to go it for does. a run. Yeah. But once I kind of had it built into like, okay, I'm going for a run on a Wednesday and I'm going on a Saturday. Then by the time I kind of got used to that whole time on feet concept of just go out for half an hour, no matter how far you go, just yeah. that many minutes on your feet it could be slow it could be fast whatever your body feels like once you get to five you're like oh well I already go for a run on Saturday so yeah. if I do six on Saturday I'm like it's not a big yeah. deal you kind of slowly slowly yeah. get there and like it's amazing to see your progression and I always am envious of beginner runners because they're gonna see much more of a progression than someone like myself yeah, who like kind of there every already. second counts you know so to see yourself get fit over a few months is fun and like motivating and inspiring and I think a way you can do that is like using the Nike Training Club app you can tap into a tool like that where you can track your progression over time and you can look back three months later and be like oh my gosh I used to run you know like three k's in half an hour and now I can run three k's in 20 minutes and that actually shows you because you do forget sometimes like where you were when you started so it's nice to go back and see where you've come from and that inspires you to like want to keep going as well. So it's a nice way to like keep track of all your all your runs through the it's through that. It's so good. It, yeah. I, I was looking when I finished the half. I looked at my very first run that I ever clocked on the app at the start of this like five month period. <laughs> I ran the same pace in my first three k as I did for the whole twenty one. There you go. That's what? amazing. It was so oh cool. But it's so cool that it's logged and like That's you can amazing. literally see. Yeah. But I I did that exact same thing as you said. I have had such a bad relationship with running before this because I went too fast you just yeah. you feel good and you're like I'm just gonna keep going and then yeah. you injure yourself and it hurts and it's stupid like you, you can't just go oh, I'm gonna do a fun run on the weekend for 10 yeah. days never run on concrete before don't have the right shoes don't no. know what the hell is going on and not no, pacing no, no. myself that slow approach totally. makes it so much less intimidating yeah I think so and like having professional advice is really important you know to have, yeah. make sure that you are doing the right thing because I mean the amount of times people have come to me and they're like oh, I've just I've been running for years but I just run the same pace on every run and I'm like awesome you will have an amazing base to work from but like you should have easy days you should have harder running days you should have some maybe just steady days in between like there's a there's there is you know like a way that you should program your training to get Mm. the most out of it rather than just try and run your fastest you can every single day which a lot of people (laughs) have no idea and so I love working with athletes who do have those those you know bases where they've been running for a long time but they've never done speed work because you add speed work into their program and they get super fit all of a sudden because they've got a really strong base so it's yeah it's good it's interesting that was really interesting to me that we had lactate sessions Mm -hmm. that were like really short and I was like oh that's an easy session today I'd like nearly vomit every time because Mm -hmm. it was like such a short burst but 
you get so much faster from those than you do from a really long, like, 60-minute run. Yeah, totally. You just pump those out, you stay mm. the same pace all the time. Well, I always say the, like, the short and hard stuff gets you fit really fast. Mm. The longer stuff keeps you fit, fitter for longer. So it's yeah. like the sustainable running, which we need. Yeah. But the fast stuff is really important, especially when you're working into a race. Yeah. So, like, even when I'm training for a marathon, I'm still going to do, like, lactate sessions where I'm, like, sprinting, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. just to get the legs turning over quicker. So when you are training for a marathon, like for example, for the surf coast, what is going through your head? Like for me, I used, I relied really heavily on the Nike app because the guided runs at the start. Yeah. But I find as you get more experience, you don't need that distraction as much. Like you, you enjoy the run that so much that you're not trying to divert your head from what you're doing yeah what do you think about do you have music do you like yeah do you eat halfway through like what's the strategy what are you counting down do you know how far <laughs> you've gone and in the race or in training you both both so in training i definitely i still use you know nlc app and the guided runs like i still need motivation to yeah. run yeah it's not like i get up every day just like so excited well some days but yeah. so excited <laughs> to run but um yeah, like I also train with people. I find that so such a good way to just because I train in the mornings most of the time. Just get up and go when you have people to be accountable to, and you've got to be there to do a session with. And mm. getting pushed on a session with other people is like nothing else. Like it's the best way to really push yourself to your limits. Yeah. So when I'm in training, I tend to run with groups as much as I can. So when I'm in Melbourne, I'll run with the Hunter Athletics. Group, oh, yeah, yeah. which is awesome there's like 100 people that turn up and they're all there to like train so hard cool. I, but while I was training for Gold Coast Marathon I spent five weeks in LA training with a group over there oh. which was incredible so like I just chase where all the runners are. Yeah. I pretty much base my life off where my running friends are yeah. and I go there <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah so it's like for training it's definitely important to have people around you mm-hmm. definitely on the longer runs as well I mean in training we get up to 40k so Whoa. 40k's by yourself is pretty tough it just takes yeah. a long time as well. Like it does. Like hours in and you're it's like, like, whoa. Yeah, it's like a couple of hours or three hours of running. And so you've got to stay motivated somehow. Yeah. But then when I'm racing, it's a whole different thing. You're yeah. like super focused the entire time. Yeah. I'm just self-talking to myself the whole time to making sure that I'm like staying calm. Like I, <laughs> I repeat, like just stay calm, stay in control, stay yeah. calm, stay in control the whole time, pretty much. Really? I always yeah. wonder what's going through people's heads. Because a marathon is tough because you, when at the start line, for the first 25K, you should feel really comfortable. Yeah. And so <laughs> you feel amazing and you want to go faster. Yeah. And trust me, this has happened to me. You and you go faster up. and you blow up. Yeah. So you have to stay calm and in control the entire time. And mm. so doing that and just talking to myself and saying those words over and over makes me pull back the pace yeah which is super important yeah yeah I even had that I mean on such a small scale in the 21 because adrenaline and everyone else is going so totally. fast the first 5k's I'm like I want to run like five minute k's you know <laughs> which is not I've never run five minute kilometers like yeah. I don't run that fast. and you've tapered so you feel like super fresh yeah whereas all my training has been in the training block so you're like legs are tired everything hurts yeah so you're forced <laughs> to run slow yeah but yeah. after tapering for like two or three weeks you get to the start line you just want to go yeah and so it's really important to understand what pace you physically are possible to do and then just stick to that pace yeah so as I'm looking around this room I'm like I'm wearing right now like on my feet are the joy rides which is something that is so exciting for me having gone from a non-runner to loving it Mm -hmm. and I think even for an experienced runner as you mentioned you have days when you're not motivated as well and you need that extra little you know we're reluctant sometimes you're reluctant it's the middle of winter here it's hard (laughs) it's hard to spend three hours running 
It's so exciting to see the focus not only be on performance, as as you mentioned earlier, but on the joy of running because it can be joyful. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would have laughed at you before when you said, for 25 kilometers, the first 25, you're meant to feel joyful. I'm like, what? <laughs> now I'm like, I get it. Yeah. It's joyful. So the joy rides have been developed to make running that little bit more comfortable, that little bit easier, both for you guys who are elite in, those, in parts of your training where you need it and for the newbie runner why are you excited about them <laughs> and how do you work that into your training because what is one of the things I've learned the most is I never understood the role of different shoes yeah I never understood that one runner could have like a short distance shoe a long distance shoe a weekend shoe like a speed shoe yeah. never understood why there were like $50 <laughs> Nikes and $500 like never understood that yeah. so for you how do you not just work your training around a 42k or a further distance but also your equipment and your kit mm, yeah we have big wardrobes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I always say like running is the most accessible sport to anyone because it's so cheap. But then when you get to our level, um, you've got to have a lot of kits. So the joy rides are amazing. I'm super excited about them just because, and this is probably something a lot of people wouldn't understand is, but our recovery days are just as important as our training days. Mm. So I think most people are like, oh, you just run hard all the time, you know, and that's more the most important thing is to run your sessions super hard, but your recovery and you know your sleeping and there's so many other things that actually make you allow you to go hard on those hard days so Mm. recovery is such an important tool or like day for an elite runner so having something like the joy rides which is just going to make running a little easier on those days and let the legs freshen up and give us a bit more cushioning underfoot like I'm super excited to be able to put that inside my tool training kit and be able to roll those out on my easy days and Mm. because I I want like we still move we still run on our easy days and that's just to get the legs turning over really Um, but you pull the pace back a lot but if there's something that's going to take even more out of the legs then why wouldn't you use it you know so so cool yeah for for an elite it's amazing but then I think for the reluctant runner again like you want running to be fun you Mm. don't want your joints and your bones to be aching you want to go out there and like just enjoy yourself so having a shoe that's going to allow you to do that is awesome like I'm so excited to see see all the athletes out there rocking them and I think over the last week we've been rolling out these runs from the joyride lab and taking people on runs and we've got music on we've got a silent disco happening and people so are good people are out there like having a boogie and <laughs> I'm like this is a side of running everyone should know because yes. running is fun you know and it can be easier with the right equipment yeah I think I I mean I used to attempt to run on like you know just daytime shoes that are not meant for actually running they're meant for like a streetwear and yeah. not know the difference there's no padding there's no anything you know you're yeah. just like literally Lydia's like oh my god you're a disaster no wonder I hated it right like my shoes totally. would be shot but putting these on like I just came back from Korea for the global launch which amazing. was amazing and we yeah. all put them on and ran 5k's through the city mm. and were comfortable like yeah. literally straight away didn't need any anything the snack packs you could feel all the little balls like yeah. it's just it's a pleasure to run in the way that the beads conform to your foot it's really really hard to explain it to someone if they haven't got the shoe underfoot but mm. it's incredible the way it does it and it like personalizes that shoe to you you know which is mm. such an amazing way that a shoe can do it so yeah, yeah it's, it's so good yeah so for the newbie runners I just want to like leave them with some really practical tips from a coach on when you are just facing that whole like what, what how where am I going to start I want to get to 42 but I have to start from zero what are your maybe three top things that you would give a brand new runner to get them to the joy bit? Yeah, I would definitely say the no pressure. Like, don't yeah. put pressure on yourself. Don't be like, 
I have to go out and run for 20 minutes today without stopping. Like, you can stop. Yeah. I stop on my runs a lot. Yeah. You can stop and walk and enjoy it and don't put pressure to hit like a certain speed. Just go out and do what you can do at that time. Mm-hmm. Really important. The other one, which I think is important, is have a goal. No pressure, but have a goal in mind. Yeah. And whether that's a weekly goal, it might be a monthly goal, it might be like a yearly goal. I think having that goal definitely inspires me and I think a lot of people to want to keep going and keep getting up and keep doing it Mm -hmm. and then the last tip would just definitely be like get like-minded people around you have friends that also run and also want to be part of your group and keep you accountable to what you're doing because I think once you have friends it makes it a bit more social yeah and we all want to be sociable so I think that's really for a beginner runner yeah so important to have like running buddies Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then for you at your elite level what's next in, in terms of having goals like is it to get faster at the same distance or to go further than that distance? I don't know if or I could both. go much further than the marathon. Yeah, is that your ideal level? Like, are you done now? Or are you going to so. go ultra marathons? Or are you? I think as I get older, I might do some ultra marathons mm-hmm. once maybe I start losing a bit of the speed. Yeah. But I've done this race for the last two years over in America where we run from LA to Vegas. So it's 550 Ks oh split between six people. And I think for me, that stuff lights me up. Like, that's why I run. Like, it's so amazing it's life-changing the way that it impacts you and the experience and the people you meet it's very cool so to me yes like making world teams and making the olympics would be the dream but understanding how hard it is to make those teams and when you go back to why i run and to this why to make me happy like the Mm. mental health side of things for me is so big that I'm not going to be too disappointed if I don't make those teams as long as I'm still running and meeting people and traveling the world and seeing things because of running. So I think the ultimate goal is to definitely keep doing marathons Mm -hmm. and seeing how far I can go in them for the next few years. But between that, I'm going to take part in these crazy races. Yeah, and just see what your body does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that actually leads really nicely into the next segment, which is called NATA, which is just all the stuff that gets in the way of your joy. And I... I think also one of the big challenges when your passion is your profession, so you've turned something that you adore into your work, it can be a bit blurry then. And and you can lose the passion, you can lose motivation, or then when you get injured, it doesn't just affect your hobby life, it affects your work life as well. So what have the the big challenges been for you along the way? Well, I think um, a massive learning curve that I have been through lately is I was training for Gold Coast Marathon. And so I'd spent about two months traveling over in America with a training group over there. And I'd put all my focus on running Gold Coast Marathon to try and qualify for world champs, which mm. is the big goal. Like that to get to world champs for this year was what I wanted to do. And so I put all this pressure and expectation on myself and I went to LA I joined um, an amazing group over there and I trained with them and I was training really well. Like I was definitely the fittest that I've been in my life. Everything was going to plan. Um, Loved it. felt incredible. I was bouncing back from sessions that I just never thought I'd be able to even do. And so when I got to Australia to go run the Gold Coast Marathon, I'd pretty much already had it in my head that I was going to be running at world champs I had already kind of envisioned envisioned it I I was always I had kind of expected that I was going to get this result because I'd done the work and that I deserved the result and I should be on that team because I'd put in the work and I was going to run the time easily Mm. and even when I was in America you know my coach bless him but it was like telling people that I was going to world champs I was like I haven't quite got there yet but (laughs) in my head I kind of have already already expected that I was going to be there so I went to Gold Coast 
Um, I actually got sick like the week before, which didn't help, but I was tapering. So you're kind of in a mode where you're like, I'll be fine. Like I just need to recover and sleep well and Mm -hmm. eat well. And then when I did the race, I, and this is kind of going back to what we were saying, I went out pretty hard. Um, probably a little little faster than what I wanted to be running. I think I was meant to be running 340s and I was running maybe 335 <laughs> to 336s. Oh my God, so I, I love how I was getting carried away like, a little bit. Five minute goes is so fast. <laughs> it's all relative. It's so but fast. I felt amazing, you know? So mm. I was like, this is great. This is going to go to play. I'm not only going to qualify, I'm going to run like a huge PB. Mm. And got to 21K and I was like, ooh, like feeling it. Sore. Probably yeah. shouldn't be this sore, but it's okay. I'll get through it. And then all of a sudden, 28Ks, I was like, I'm in danger. This hurts. <gasps> oh, yeah. And so I got through, through 30Ks. At 33Ks, my mum and my sister were on course. And my carbs were blown. My hammies were blown. I had nothing in the tank. And I ran over to them and, like, you don't balls. stop in <laughs> yeah. a marathon. You you don't. You should keep going. And I saw them, and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> And she was like, "Like Lydia, you don't have to finish. It's okay if you don't finish, you know." And like I was saying before, if someone tells me I can't do something, I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna do this." Yeah. So I like gritted my teeth and kept running for another k. And then it was at the 34k mark where I just broke and I pulled mm. off onto the side of the road. And I've never felt so empty and disheartened mm. in my whole I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not. And um it was like yeah a really really tough time. I just sat on the curb and I was like wow that that goes because I'd planned the rest of my year based, based on, on world champ. So I sat down and I was like well that puts a spanner in the works and I remember like hobbling over to the medics and they were like are you okay? And I'm like I'm actually like fine yeah I don't need your help but I just need someone <laughs> you know having a breakdown just bring so, me a teddy bear and a lollipop yeah now <laughs> the rest of that day and that night I just like couldn't stop crying I was like so in a very dark place I was mm. questioning whether I even wanted to run again again I was like mm. gonna quit running it was only that probably went on for like 24 hours and then <laughs> I snapped out of it and I was like it's one race and plus it's just running like I was questioning who I was as a person yeah. you know like I was questioning my worth and I realized that running doesn't define me. Yeah. It's not, you know, my be all and end all. Yes, I love it. And I want to run to, to love it and to enjoy it. Why is one race and one moment going to change my entire, you know, trajectory on life? Like it's not going to change what I, what I want to do. And who you are. And who I am. Yeah. So I think that was, the race was on the Sunday. By the Tuesday, I'd signed up to Sunshine Coast Marathon. <laughs> Which, Which you then won. So you're clearly fine. So, <laughs> it was definitely um, a very tough few days. And mm. I mean, even weeks after, I was still, you know, like questioning why I put so much pressure on myself to hit the standard that um, was pretty tough. And I guess it does, doesn't, yeah, it's not going to like define my running career mm. to go to world champs. I run because I love it. And the and the communities I've built and the people I've met is so much more than just running at world champs, yeah. you know? So I think there's so much learning to still be had. I just, I saw that once I went gone through that experience, I looked back at it like a week later and I was like, I'm glad that happened to me. Like, yeah. I'm glad I went through that because it, I mean, the only other time I pulled out of a race was when I was about 20 years old at world champs for cross country. And, that I think I was still too young to really realize how much impact that was going to have on me. Mm. So 
I'm glad it happened. Like, and then, yeah, and then I went on to run Sunshine Coast and loved it. And I went into that race with no expectation, no pressure, had no idea what time I was going to run and had no idea who was even in the race. I was like, my whole perp, like goal of this race is to have fun and to finish, but to have fun, you know. <laughs> and you won. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. Oh, isn't it so different? Like everything is mindset. And I think one of the things that, Often you look and everything happens for a reason. And I think something like that that happens is such a resilience builder. Like you have to be able to bounce back from when things don't go exactly how they you plan them. Totally. And often they turn out better because you come out with a lesson that then carries you through every other adverse experience that ever happens to you. Yeah. And also then you go on and win the next one that you do. You know what I mean? Like it's just such an important thing to remind us to firstly value ourselves separately to our output because I think that's kind of one of the reasons I did the podcast is to help people find what that is. Mm-hmm. But also to just notice that when you put your joy first, yeah, everything works out better. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and I think like there'll still be people in the running world, like the elite running world, who are like, oh, poor Lydia, she didn't finish that race. She mm-hmm. put all that time and energy and money into her training. But to me I did win you know like yeah, I, yeah. I have learned so much from that race and being able to grow as a person so mm. yeah I think it's important to go through yeah oh congratulations Thank I mean you. even more that even more makes the sunny coast win yeah more exciting nice. and, yeah. and incredible and you looked so strong finishing like just <laughs> so <you>. good <laughs> in terms of challenge as well as an as an athlete you know in a day and age where everything's very visual our mm-hmm. lives are very you know splashed around visually because social media is amazing it makes everything accessible has there also ever been any pressure image wise like totally. to look a certain way I, I imagine for particularly being an elite athlete that there's a lot of stress that you have to look yeah. apart you have especially to... as a marathon athlete yeah I have grown up in a world where I have always compared myself to people and I think it's very natural and normal for young girls especially to compare themselves to what other people look like. Like I remember at high school comparing myself to the girls in my class being like, oh, why is she skinnier than me? Why is she doing that? Oh, I want to look like her. She's got perfect skin, whatever. Mm. And now you find yourself comparing yourself not to the people next to you but to these beautiful models on Instagram and elite athletes who don't you don't look like them and I think it's a very dangerous place to be especially as an athlete because your confidence is so important when you're lining up on the start line and so it's definitely been a time of growth for me over the last few years going from a position where I was like I'm not built like a marathon runner I'm not tall and lean and skinny like it's not my natural build maybe I'm not a marathon runner because I'm short and muscly and most people think I'm a sprinter (laughs) (laughs) which if they saw me sprint (laughs) but I think I love the fact that I can roll up but with my muscly quads and (laughs) be next to these lean girls and And run just as well as them Mm. and so I think back in the day, it's a funny thing. Like I would be like, oh, I can't post these photos on Instagram because I don't look like a marathon runner and I want people to know, especially as I own my own business, I want people to believe that I am. I know what I'm talking about because of the way I look. But now I'm like, where are the photos that I look the muscliest in? Yeah, yeah let's get <laughs> I, them I, quads I, I out. I want to look like, you know, I don't think there's like a particular way that athletes should look to be good at what they do. Like yeah. our exterior doesn't define how good we are or our ability as an athlete. And I think 
people are learning that more and more now which is mm. awesome but there's that girl who's an amazing gymnast i can't remember her name but she's an american girl and she's like she went viral this year yes is it the one who just did the she's triple incredible. double yes. dismount oh my god it was amazing so she amazing. like to most people she'd be like they don't she doesn't look like an elite gymnast yeah. you know but she is so good at what she does and i'm like that's amazing and i think that's hopefully where the world will go in the future and mm. there's a few other marathon runners out there who are incredible ali kefer and they're just like these incredible athletes who run so fast but are not your typical marathon build you yeah. know but like even if you are tall lean and skinny awesome but it shouldn't be like oh she looks like a marathon runner yeah. you know like i find the way that people comment on people's bodies is just so wrong like it should it should it's such a strange thing that we've decided is socially acceptable strange. and i yeah. oh, i used to always catch myself doing it being like oh she looks skinny and fast yeah but skinny doesn't correlate to fast all the time yeah. you know like they're, they're two different things you can be muscly and fast you could be bigger or fast you could be short and fast like mm. so i think um the running world is definitely more open to those opinions now but mm. i'm really proud to stand up and be like yeah i'm maybe a little shorter and a bit more muscly than your traditional marathon athlete but I'm going to rock it and yeah. I'm going to wear my little undies when I'm running and <laughs> rock it I don't my care. quads are out shining to the world yeah exactly <laughs> so the very last segment is called play TA which is my favorite because I think it's where people are really encouraged to separate themselves from success and from like metrics and goals and output and just identify what makes them play like what's your inner child what is your what is your brain go to when it has no obligations and no idea of goals which is very very hard for people who have found their passion <laughs> and have also made their passion their work like I mentioned before it becomes very enmeshed which means that it's hard to give yourself a break from running and get perspective but what do you do for play <laughs> and is it running because if it is like wow <laughs> I, I do I love love running and like when my friends want to hang out they know they have to come on a run with me. But I, I do actually love all forms of exercise. I yeah. actually did a boxing fight two years ago and I love like testing different sports out and seeing like what I can do in mm-hmm. other areas. So I think any form of movement for me is like fun. A joy. But like yeah. don't get me wrong, I love like sitting down and I love napping. Like I'm queen of naps. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> the sloth life. I mean, the sloth life. I'm like a really like lazy slothful person hidden inside like an active yeah. productive person's body yeah. it's, a, it's a struggle it's funny like i'll run like 30 k's but if i have to walk like 800 meters down the road i'm like no nah, it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> you're protecting your legs yeah <laughs> they're an asset exactly. <laughs> um yeah but i do I, I definitely relax and enjoy i think that's probably what i learned from going from this very intense life like working in the corporate world but also trying to like run and train and coach um i realized what stress can do to your body and going mm. through getting really sick and Mm. like not being able to run at all it definitely taught me how important the time is to relax and Mm. de-stress and yeah how bad stress can be so when I people see people stressed out I'm like oh just like honestly go for a run like take some time to yourself because you're actually going to be a better person once you've done that and one step is all it takes how do you kind of help spread that message that of the mental health benefits of running yes i started one step um, about two nearly three years ago now we started as a community in auckland and it's all around raising awareness for depression and anxiety but also trying to encourage people to understand how important movement is for your mind mm-hmm. so obviously for me it is running and for most people i think that's one of the most accessible forms of movement but also surfing and yoga and i think there's many different ways you can kind of channel that energy and um help your mindset but one step is definitely all about getting people walking or running to raise awareness for mental health but show how important those 
aspects of running can be for depression and anxiety. So um, we started in Auckland and then we were probably running in Auckland for about six months and then a girl from Christchurch in New Zealand reached out. She's like, love what you're doing, love the concept, would love to roll a session out here. Oh my and I was like, amazing. Like the more people, the better spreading this message. So she started a, a, um, a community down there and then eventually all these different people were like reaching out to me and now we've got 17 I think across the globe. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's awesome. And they're not oh. like massive hundreds of people come together. Yeah, but you impact know. doesn't have to be No. You know. And the stories and the people I've met like it just blows my mind what people have been through and they still have the courage to come out and join a community mm. and they may have never run before. I had a girl last year who came to me who and this is heavy, like she was super suicidal, like it was, she was in a bad place. And so I got her walking in the first session, we just walked around the park and she told me her whole story and we were both like crying, it was very emotional. And then I was like, I'm gonna get you running, Um, let's just, yeah, no pressures, here's a program, it's gonna be a walk run program, get you just moving every few days. And she literally just ran a half marathon. <gasps> yeah, oh. and she's changed her job. She's met oh a boy. Like she's changed her whole life, oh. and not because of running. But no, I think but it's that would have been a huge factor. Yeah, I think it's definitely helped her give her purpose and confidence in who she is, and a bit more like of a drive to continue to want to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. So stories like that—that's what inspires me to want to keep doing it and want to yeah. keep spreading that message and. Even if it is one person you touch every year, you know, like, I don't care, you're saving lives. Absolutely. And it is. It's one step at a time. That's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. I've learned. So overarching message, everybody, running is absolutely joyful. You just have to take it one step at a time to get there. And you're at the runner's high, it's a thing. It is. It's a thing. I'm addicted now. It really is. Especially the running dancing I've learned in the last few weeks. But (laughs) it's definitely a high. And like, there's the, the community aspect of getting people running. Like I was saying earlier, it's amazing the connections you make with people when you're out running and the way that you can have that emotional connection to someone Mm. whereas if you sit down at a coffee with someone and you're staring at them in the face it's a way harder way to open up and really let your emotions out when you're running you're not looking at each other but you're on this movement path together and the way that your blood is flowing and your brain is working there's a connection that you can make to someone which I think is very unique it's a real leveler as well it is yeah like everyone gets out on the pavement together where everyone's the same yeah exactly exactly so it's really like i mean the friends and people i've met through running will be my friends for life so i thank the sport so much for that oh my gosh well everyone everyone just get out on the pavement (laughs) we we can't encourage it more and especially coming from a non-runner like i couldn't be more surprised that i'm saying this yeah but it's you can absolutely convert yourself in a really short amount of time totally anybody (laughs) can run everybody can run if you've got legs you can run and and if you have the joy rides exactly (laughs) (laughs) so two last questions just to finish up what are the three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation oh three and they can't be running related okay because I feel like you have to have part of your identity that's reserved for non-running Lydia okay I <laughs> pet hate umbrellas hate umbrellas don't know why people oh, use wow. them oh wow yeah that is such a cool one I just like when just people, hates umbrellas I just, hate umbrellas. wow babe wow <laughs> if people bring Triggered. a wet umbrella inside you know and they don't even keep you dry on the street like yeah. the rain comes in diagonally so what's the point of I know the and then they go upside down they go upside down and then they bring them in dry water all through the house yeah and like they're not a fun get a time. rain jacket or something <laughs> Um, love donuts, probably my favourite food. Another interesting one. Love I'm so glad donuts. I asked this question. Yeah. Um, like 
which kind of donut? Like field donuts or like whole donuts? <laughs> like give me any donut. Okay, right. Yeah, good. Even the one with cream is yeah, good. Okay, you know. so you're a non-discriminant yeah. donut lover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I have seven tattoos. I think seven. Seven tattoos. Oh, nice. Mm. I have five. I'm like, quote, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm you're looking into them. Mm. I think every <laughs> tattoo I've had, I've decided on the day. Like, no. I want a tattoo, I'm going to go get it. I did, I've done like half of them. Like mm. The others have been in my system for years. Yeah. I'm like one or the other. I'm so like spectrum, <laughs> like either end. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just have these massive urges and go out and do it and I think that's the best way to live because um, (laughs) YOLO (laughs) it won't happen if you like think about it too much you know and then very last question since I love motivational quotes so much as you can see with the little book what's your favorite quote um there's so many good quotes out there and I'm like a big on quotes I think really basically, and it's actually one of my tattoos, I've got the symbol for when there's a will, there's a way. Oh. And I think that's, I think it means a lot to me, especially because in my life, like I don't think I was like genetically born a runner. Like I was just determined to become a runner and I put the work in to get it. I didn't have a marketing degree. I worked my ass off to become a brand manager. I think there's definitely things where if you really truly believe in in yourself and that you you can can do it, it, you will. But you have to believe it. You 100% have to believe if there's any inkling of you like maybe not making it, it won't happen. That's so so it's a, mind, a mindset that you have to have if you really want to, you know, chase those goals. So yeah. and there's a world, there's a way. Oh, perfect advice to finish on, particularly in a running context. Anyone, if you were thinking about it or if you uh, have left running and want to come back to it, absolutely keep that in mind. Your body will go where your mind tells it to go. Totally. So get your head right first. <laughs> thank you so much Lydia no worries, for joining thank you for this it's was amazing fun. I'm just going to grill you now and how I can like double my distance now yes let's do it Marathon, here we let's come. do it oh how I love that Kiwi accent and what a little legend Lydia is there's nothing I love doing more than talking to people about something they love and she makes me so excited to run more I'm pretty sure I'm going to sign up to another fun run since I missed Melbourne Marathon so I will keep you posted on what it is and maybe some of you guys can join me We've been on a few runs over here. It's such a beautiful way to explore a new city and get the body moving. And the joy rides really do make every step that little bit easier. I can't recommend them more highly for runners across all levels to help you find that joy. As always, please screenshot and share the episode if you're enjoying and tag at Lydia Odo and myself so we know what you think. You might have already heard, but if not, there's a prize every week for the best reflections. So get sharing now, kids, to help the yayborhood continue to grow. Still completely pinching myself over having spent the last week on the amazing Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson. Still not really sure I have the words to describe what it's been like. But stay tuned, there will be lots of reflections and an episode that I actually recorded over here to come So make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. I hope you're having an amazing day and a seizing your yay.